0: Hi, my name is Arnav Rastogi, and this is Satvik us. And together, we are co-hosts of the Backfield Rift. Thank you for tuning in. And in this episode, we have to talk about the backups that took over in week eight. And we have talked about this next band up mentality so much on the podcast, and it was never better expressed than week eight. So let's get right into it, because it's really exciting what some of these guys who you may not have ever heard of did this week and who they beat actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. Backup quarterbacks. This episode, I can connect with it on a level, you know, I'm a backup quarterback myself. I have these experiences and a guy like Mike White just stepping in, just doing what he has to do, getting the job done when he gets an opportunity. And that's the kind of stuff that you love about this game. You know, any day, any given day, a guy just has to step in, you put the work in behind the scenes, you get your shot and he delivered.
0: Yeah. Um, precise and accurate down the field. Think about this. A backup quarterback, Mike White was 37 of 45, 37 of four hundred 400 yards passing three touchdowns and two interceptions that they weren't really his fault. They were, They were dropped past. It was the receiver's fault. And just what a phenomenal game by the Jets overall. They came in with a game plan against the AFC North. And AFC leading Bengals, actually. And they outplayed Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, and that Bengals team. I mean, everyone was making plays from, from Mike White to his receivers. Keith and Cole with arguably... The best catch that's never gonna count uh, yeah. in the NFL this year. Um, Quinn and Williams, absolute beast in the interior, getting pressure on Joe Burrow, forcing the interception. Just this was just Mike White. How's these guys playing?
1: Yeah, <laughs> like
0: true. Zach Wilson didn't. That's yeah. all I'm going to uh, say. Hey, that,
1: that's tough. I don't
0: want right to throw, throw shade at Zach Wilson. I'm just saying, like, he never <sighs> had this team playing. Like, like this Jets team really has rallied around Mike White, and they are playing their hearts out. This, this was just a phenomenal game by the team.
1: Yeah, no. And I'm just going to read off some words I have here on my notes from Mike White, right? Calm, composed, accurate, knows where he wants to go with the ball, and delivers it with authority that's that's everything you want in a starting quarterback that's all you need you don't need him to run around you don't need him to be this big arm you don't need him to do anything crazy just complete passes downfield and put your guys in positions to succeed and he's done that and I think just what we've seen over the past this past week eight in the NFL it's a little bit of the revival of the pocket passer you know just get done what you got to do you know you look at Patrick Mahomes struggling a little bit, like lately and <laughs> stuff like that, you know, maybe just trying to do too much when you can just, and Brady's done this for the longest time, right? Yeah. All you got to do is just get the ball to your playmakers and let everything else happen. And Mike White did that on Sunday. Yeah.
0: I mean, six step drop back, diagnosed the play, went to his first read. He's not there. Second read, boom, delivers. Simple, right? It's just simple, efficient football. And, and that's what Zach Wilson wasn't doing. I, I, I don't want to say that he's not capable of it, but Zach Wilson was always, okay, let me scramble outside the, the pocket, do too much, try to force it to receivers when he could have just easily navigate, navigated right. the pocket and just delivered a proper strike. And Mike White sort of brings this calming presence to of Jets offense. It seems it seems more stable. You, you're more calm. You're you, you know what's going to happen, right? It's not all this excitement, all this, you know, move out the pocket, everyone's moving. Right. It's, it's like, it's like, it's messy. Right? right. With with Mike White, it was clean. And I'm just, I just can't wait to see, you know, what the Jets revival maybe. Yeah. And
1: in defense of Zach Wilson, I will say this, right. That was the best pass bro the Jets have had all season that came on Sunday. Like I haven't seen that kind of pass, bro. With Zach Wilson. But, again, yeah, not, nothing to take away from Mike White. Dude, I'm excited to
0: see him tonight, Thursday night. I'm going to be tuning in. Jets cold. like. Uh. Okay.
1: Um,
0: and, you know, calm and composed, we can use those adjectives to describe Cooper Rush against the Vikings as well. And just stepping up, Dak was injured. Um, he couldn't go this week. And Cooper Rush, Sunday night football, steps up in a big way for this Cowboys team in Savick. Talk about that Cooper to Cooper connection, man. What eight, Amari Cooper had eight catches, 122 yards, one touchdown. Cooper Rush, um, he was efficient uh, as well, uh, throwing for 325 yards and two touchdowns. Man, just stepping up in prime time.
1: Yeah, again, you know, we, when we talk about these backup quarterbacks, right, it, it's always surprising to us when we see them come out, ball out on a given Sunday, right? But what we don't see behind the scenes is you know repping every single week like you're the starting quarterback that mentality and i think another common underlying factor among the two or three quarterbacks we saw this past sunday these weren't necessarily brand new quarterbacks right these are guys that have been in the league they know how it works and for us it's like holy crap this dude just stepped in and did this in his first start or in his first but it's not necessarily that these guys have been around they know how the NFL works this is the first time we're seeing them on Sunday or or the first time in a while, but that doesn't mean that it's this new experience for them. You know, they've kind of been in this mentality and we just saw that come to the field on Sunday.
0: Right. These aren't like, who is that? You know, this is like veteran guys who have been in numerous QB rooms, learn from the best uh, quarterbacks in the league, learn from the best coaches in the league, but they just don't get the reps as maybe uh, a Dak Prescott or a, or, or Tom Brady um, or a Jameis Winston. You know, I guess I'm hinting at, at the Saints Bucks game, which was the mother of all, like, I mean, you're talking fourth string backup quarterback uh, comes in and defeats Tom Brady. Um, of course, I'm talking about Trevor Simeon, uh, but you know, Trevor Simeon isn't a nobody. He was a starter for the Broncos. He was 13 and 11. Obviously the Broncos decided to go in a different way. The Saints picked them up. He's been sitting in the QB room for two years now and just been learning the plays, uh, understanding from Drew Brees when he was there, now Jameis Winston and Sean Payton, and just been sitting and learning. Obviously, he didn't get the reps. He doesn't get the reps. But he still mentally goes through what a game-day quarterback or the starting quarterback would. And he got his chance to shine on Sunday, and he did.
1: Yeah. And again, Trevor Simeon, right? Another one of these guys, pocket passer, efficient with the football, accurate and really i think he did a better job protecting the football than tom brady did this past sunday and i think he's just kind of un- underappreciated especially in today's nfl right when you don't have a quarterback that's gonna you know throw the ball 65 yards down every play but having a quarterback that's not going to put you in a tough spot by turning the ball over that's something that's almost as equally valuable as having a guy that can throw a 70 yard
0: bomb. Yeah. And it's, it's surprising that we're sitting here and saying this, but Trevor Simeon was the better quarterback on Sunday. He was a better quarterback. Like he outplayed Brady and Brady put his team in compromised positions by turning the ball over. And he let his team down. He was the reason the Buccaneers came into new Orleans and kind of fell flat and, and lost the game, a game that they were, Predicted to win with Jameis at quarterback for the Saints, but lost with Trevor Simeon at quarterback for the Saints. And, you know, I want to go expand sort of beyond the quarterback position and just talk about the Saints team in general. Just how resilient they were, especially that defense, which has established themselves as the top defense in the NFL um, when it comes to getting pressure, when it comes to creating turnovers, um, icing the game with that pick six. just, you know, the Saints might have made the quarterback position not the most important position on the field. Like, it's it's described that the quarterback position is arguably, you know, they get the most money, it's the most important, it's what lead, drives the team. But for the Saints, this is now the third straight season where their starting quarterback has gone down, and they just don't miss a beat. It's it, they, they just don't miss a beat. And it, I'm not saying that the quarterback position isn't important in new Orleans, but they've sort of de-elevated like how important, like mm-hmm. the level of importance, like that the quarterback position is not the thing that drives new Orleans to wins anymore. It's the entire team. It's, it, it's like, it's a really complete well put together team. Is what I'm trying to get at. here. No, definitely. And I think the
1: key thing, maybe I wouldn't say is, It's not that quarterback isn't the important position, but what the important thing is, it's not one quarterback. They're not tied to one guy. They're not tied to an individual, but they have a system in place that can support any individual who's able to execute that system, which is really what I think makes new Orleans, allows new Orleans to really work. Even with three, four guys having to take snaps under center. What makes it work is that the system enables these guys and, and to be fair, the quarterbacks that have stepped in there have been phenomenal at times, you know, like even Taysom Hill. And I, I think we just talked about this, the report um, that the Saints have not announced the starter yet. And Taysom Hill has been a full participant at practice.
0: Coming off that concussion. And I don't know, it's going to be interesting. I, I think that Trevor Simeon should start. Um, I think he earned it yeah. playing against Brady. And, you know, that that Bucks defense is phenomenal. Right. So the fact that Trevor Simeon was able to play that way against the Bucks defense, now you get maybe a bottom five defense in the league in the Falcons this week, right? I think Trevor Simeon earned that spot and I just don't think Taysom deserves it right now or is even ready, to be honest. Right. He's been out for two to three weeks now with a concussion. I, I just don't know if he's just able to just step in and assume the quarterback position for the Saints right here.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, we've been talking about these pocket passers and not that he's a backup. He's not a backup he's a starter, but Mac Jones himself and going into the Chargers, going into L.A., beating the Chargers and kind of that revival of the pocket passer. Mac Jones has been everything New England needed out of their quarterback, you know, stability, just moving the offense down the field. And, and in no way has Mac Jones as a rookie shown that he's a rookie. Right. This is I've been really impressed. What did you make of that game?
0: I mean, phenomenal by Mac Jones. First of all, just entire Patriots team to go into L.A. after, you know, just a few tough losses. And now you're at 500, right? Mm -hmm. I I, I didn't expect this out of the Patriots um, to go into just a, a hot Chargers team that has playoff, if not Super Bowl aspirations, and doing that. That was really, really impressive. Um, but you know, we, we talked about the system in new Orleans and there's Bill Belichick has his own system, right. And Mac Jones has really stepped in and I I don't want to give him Tom Brady comparisons, but I'll say this, he looks better than Brady did in his last season in new England. I think he looks miles ahead of what Brady did in his last two seasons, one, like one to two seasons in new England, he shows poise. He shows pocket awareness and presence. He understands defenses at a high level. Like I have never seen a rookie quarterback make that many uh, changes at the line of scrimmage. And not only that, but been successful on those changes. Like if if he knew if he ran the other play, that would have gone nowhere. And the the play that he audibles to is ends up being a first down or, you know, a, a, a strong chunk play. Right. I mean, just, he's not a rookie. He, he looks like a eight-year veteran in the NFL. And uh, the Patriot, there's nothing, but the sky's the limit for the Patriots right now. Like when I'm, when I'm looking at all these rookie quarterbacks uh, across the league, Matt Jones and the Patriots have the highest upside potential in my opinion. And just the way that this defense has also looked, they've looked vulnerable at times. But I definitely think, like, three to four seasons from now, this is going to be a scary team. And, and this is just, if the Patriots do end up making a push for the playoffs, starts right here. This was that statement win going into L.A., getting back to five hundred after a tough uh, seven weeks, and just phenomenal.
1: All right, let's shift gears here to the week nine Sunday night football. Titans going into L.A. to take on the Rams.
0: What do you see here? The feature matchup of the week, the top two teams, arguably in the AFC and the NFC and the storyline of the game. We obviously know what the Rams brings to the table, but it's the Titans losing Derrick Henry for the season. How does this team respond? Um, obviously they signed Adrian Peterson who fits in pretty well into the Titans power system. Um, But obviously, we're not talking about Adrian, the Vikings' Adrian Peterson. right? We're talking about a much, much more toned-down Adrian Peterson. Um, The Titans also have Jeremy McNichols, who comes out of the backfield as a pass-catching back. So it's interesting to see how that system of two running backs is going to work. Uh, But what I'm really looking here is Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones, and A.J. Brown. They have to step up. We have talked so much about the Titans being – This team where the run enables the pass, they're a run-first team, that if that running game gets going, it enables the passing game through play actions, right? And we have seen this, right? Week one against the Cardinals, the run game did not get going. The pass game didn't get going. After that, Derrick Henry got going. The pass game got going. Look at that Seattle game where the Titans came back. What led the comeback? Derrick Henry ran wild. That enabled Ryan Tannehill to drop back go play action and get the ball downfield. And so now Derrick Henry isn't there. So it's just going to be, you know, some plays. he's just going to be, you know, we know you're passing. Can Ryan Tannehill step up?
1: Yeah, I think he laid it out perfectly. This is going to be how legit are the Titans? That's the question, right? <laughs> like with Without Derrick Henry. And I think uh, it, it's kind of, but let's be honest, right? Derrick Henry, you can't replace Derrick Henry like that. That's not there there's no other Derrick Henry You're just walking along. You can't. He doesn't. <laughs> but what you can do is manufacture production from your backfield that can just assist this passing attack. Because right, if you put in your offense into third and long every single drive, it's not gonna work out. But if you can just make the running game a threat, right, with Jeremy Nichols, maybe Adrian Peterson, get a few just three or four yard carries just make the Rams have to defend the running game that gives you opportunities when you're trying to throw the football. But with that said, right, looking at the Rams on the other side of the ball, defensively, they just added Von Miller. They're going to be coming off after you. And outside of that one Arizona game, like this defense has been like, like the cream of the crop, right? Like there, I haven't seen any red flag, nothing like that with this defense um, offensively, the Rams, they're going to give the Rams, a hard, they're going to give the Titans a hard time. Like, no matter what you do, there's going to be guys that get open. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson. I think there's a lot of weapons on this Rams team at home Sunday night. I'm going to go with the Rams here. And I think it's just going to be a really tough one for the Titans on the road.
0: Yeah. And I just want to point out, you know, the Titans against the Colts this week. Um, the, the Colts got up early, 14 to nothing uh, you know, they drive, they got the ball first, drive down the field, scored. Ryan Tannehill, early turnover, and then they just go down and score. It might, you're, you can come back against the Colts, but mm. you can get down 14 nothing against the Rams mm. early in the game, bye-bye. It's just, you're not coming back. You're not, you're not coming back. Um, so Ryan Tannehill is going to have to play a completely clean football game Every play is going to have to be 100% efficiency. There can be no mistakes here. Um, and without Derrick Henry, the Titans haven't shown me ability to run this offense without Derrick Henry. Um, and obviously I'm laying out the evidence for picking the Rams here because it's just, it's too obvious in my opinion, like, A Titans team that lost arguably their number one weapon that enables the entire offense. And you travel cross country to LA to face arguably the hottest offense and defense in the league. Right. But here's what I will say, right? Here's what I will say.
1: Offensively, there are pieces to work with, with Tennessee, right? Like AJ Brown, it's like a, I don't want to like make any like claims here, but like, he's like a top 10, top five guy right
0: now. He, no, no, there, there's no, there's no claim there. That he is that guy, <laughs> All right, but right. you know, you talk about these weapons, right? Where has Julio been? This? Where has Julio been? This? Right. Yeah, we, like he hasn't been like the Julio that he, we thought he would be just stepping up into the Titans offense and being that difference maker. Right. 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 He made a few plays here and there, yeah. but it's not Julio esque you know, we're not talking like the Julio from the Falcons is coming over and, uh, you know, running for 200 yards, uh, or, or I mean, uh, you know, giving us nine catches, 216 yards and like two touchdowns a game.
1: Right. Right.
0: With that said, like, let,
1: let's, let's go to our upset of the week here. That was a tough one for you this week,
0: man. Uh, yeah. I am. <sighs> oh, and, and this is just, <laughs> I, 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 I've given up on a season already. Um, I, 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 I give the correct calls. It's just that the team sold. sold the, the team. God. I, talk. I, I make the correct pick, but the team just sells on me. Like Carson Wentz, you you had a 14-0 lead in the first. All you needed to do was just manage the game properly. And okay, fine. It goes into overtime, 31-31. But you get the ball first, too. And what do you do on, was the first play or the second play? Uh-huh. You throw an out route in double coverage or triple coverage because Kevin Byard was like 10 yards away from the play. And who jumps the pass and the game is over. Like the fact the Titans just need to get into like a fourth down situation, kick a field goal. Just, man, it, it's tough out here. It's tough
1: out here. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it is. And I, I don't even think I should be talking with what I picked last week. I picked the Vikings. I was confident. Cooper Rush came in and just I uh, I don't even want to talk about this, man. I'm just disappointed in myself or I'm disappointed in myself. I'm disappointed in the Vikings. But defensively, the Cowboys showed up just getting into getting the Vikings into third down situations, just not letting them do anything. And we talked about Cooper Rush, right? Did what he had to do.
0: I don't know what you're thinking, picking Kirk Cousins prime time. I don't know. I don't that's know. just
1: a recipe for disaster. Hey, hey, that's you one know. of those. That's one of those. I just can't be doing that. Can't be doing you know that. This.
0: Um, four
1: and four, right? I think that's accurate. Yeah, four and four. Four and
0: yeah, four and 0 and 8. Um, okay. Well, I guess we both lost this week. Um, I'll go first because I deserve to go first. Um, I'm going to pick the giants over the raiders um it it looked too good to me um especially with the way the giants played against the kansas city chiefs and i understand the chiefs have not been good but they were like the giants defense they showed tenacity they showed they, they showed out basically and they held patrick mahomes they created turnovers despite the injuries that they have despite Blake Martinez being out guys have stepped up and James Bradbury and Logan Ryan man those two corners like those two Giants cornerback the Giants cornerback room is one of the most underrated in the league it it might in my opinion they're a top five unit in the league Mm. and they're going to create some problems for the Raiders um, especially with uh, Henry Ruggs out obviously want to delve into that situation but Henry Ruggs is no longer playing for the Raiders anymore. So you take away your deep threat, and now really it's Darren Waller and maybe Hunter Ren- Renfro coming out of the slot. That's all you're contending with here. So I, I just think the Giants defense has stepped up in a way I like. Um, Kadarius Tony is back for the Giants. Um, guys are making plays. Uh, Devontae Booker stepped up for Saquon in a big way. I don't know. I think it's an enticing game. I think the Giants will win it in the Meadowlands this week against the Raiders.
1: Yeah, actually, I, I really like this pick. I got I to gotta give it to you. And same things, right? Like, the Giants were so close this last week. I think they're just going to come with that. And the Raiders, you know, it's another one of these things that's just piled on top. They've got to overcome it. Um, Definitely, the Raiders are still the team that, that are the favorite here, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants did come out and – Win this one at home. So for my pick, my upset of the week, I'm going to get a little creative here. This is something you wouldn't expect coming from me after what my history, my resume on this show. But you you guys were here last week listening to this episode. We retired the principal. And with that, I have full reign here. I'm going to go ahead, pick Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers to go. In to Kansas City and come out with the win.
0: I like, so, the, I, I like this. I like this progress we're making, in getting over the principal. You know, just the first, the next week, right after we get rid of the principal, just picking against them. Right, right. It's, it's it's like it's like taking the
1: bandaid off, right? You just you just yeah. gotta tear it right off. Just right. rip it off.
0: Just ripped it off.
1: But with that said, right, this last Chiefs game, yeah, sure they won. But that was not the kind of win that I wanted to see, to be like, oh, "Oh, the Chiefs are back. Let's go. No, no. Okay. Like, just still, the turnovers are an issue. A lot of it, it feels like Patrick Mahomes is just trying to make something happen, doing all that magician stuff. And here, I'm not ratting him out. I'm just saying the Chiefs are not playing good football. They're not playing clean football. Defense is just, it's not good, man. It's not good football from the Chiefs. I think the Packers are the better football team in the you get Devontae Adams back this week as well. Jordan Love's life is going to be made easier by that. And I think the Chiefs are just – there's going to be a play where Devontae Adams just runs right down the field. You get an easy touchdown. The running game is working for the Packers. Defensively, I was impressed this last week, even though D-Hop kind of sold – or or A.J. Green, I should say, not D-Hop. Um, A.J. Green, right? It was A.J. Green? Or was it D-Hop? Yeah, yeah it A.J. A.J. Anyways, my point being, right, I think this is a team that's just the Packers are a better football team. And we've been waiting. I've been waiting at least for like six weeks now to be like, all right, the Chiefs are going to turn it around. They're going to turn it around. They haven't turned it around. And I'm going to pick the better football team
0: in my eyes. I buy the reasoning, but for some reason, I don't buy the pick. I I don't know. This is uncharacteristic because, you know, the evidence is there. Mm -hmm. Um, That the Packers, the Packers are the better team, right? Right. The Chiefs have not been able to stop the run. Uh, Their cornerbacks are going to have a long day with Devontae Adams back. Um, The evidence is there. I just don't, don't buy, you know, Jordan Love just coming in to Kansas City and beating Man, I I just don't see it. You know, I Mm -hmm. I understand the reasoning, but I just don't see it. I don't know how to, there's like, sometimes in football, you know, you explain it, it, everything's on paper, it sounds great, and you, you make that call. But, like, you just got this feeling. I, I just got this feeling that okay. if Kansas City is going to turn it around, it has to be this game. Okay. It, it had to be this game. Even if Aaron Rodgers was playing, mm. I still would say, okay, if the Chiefs were going to turn it around. It has to be one of these big games, have to turn it around, have to make some sort of a statement win. Don't know how much of a statement it will be with Jordan Love at quarterback, but nonetheless, the Chiefs need any win they can get. And okay. I don't know. I, I think I think this is the game that they have to they have to win here. Otherwise, season looks kind of murky.
1: Okay, we're, we're trading trading roles here. I like that. But I guess what the kind of feeling that you're talking about? Maybe it's just you know Packers coming off of this big win. You know what? What's the turnaround like? You know, you do have um the extra three four days because you played on Thursday night. But, yeah, yeah, would I be completely surprised if the Chiefs won? Absolutely not. But I think I, – I'm going to stick with it, man. I'm picking the Packers. I think Jordan Love is going to impress a lot of people this week. Let's see.
0: But that's what I have this week for upset of the week. I don't know. Like, you know, just you know, delving into Kansas City quickly right here, right? It's like week after week they don't learn their lesson. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. we, we've talked about, right? with the way the chiefs offense is playing, they don't have the scope to turn it over another game, another turnover. Right. And it's like Patrick Mahomes is just doing too much. Jump pass over two defenders, two D linemen. Um, I think it was Byron Pringle or Nicole Hardman just doesn't see it in the end zone. It just deflects off their helmet and it gets picked off. Right. Just careless, careless errors. And, it's just it's like they don't learn their lesson. And, and still, Giants played cover two again, right? This is, this is now the fourth or fifth straight team that have played cover two and Kansas City offense has struggled. It's, it's like they can't come up with a game plan against this defense. And it's not that there isn't a game plan to do Like, there are many ways to attack cover two, especially with Kansas City's offense, right? You can attack one zone, you attack one safety specifically, send two receivers that way, use McCole Hardman or Tyree Kill to take that safety away with their speed, and you're going to have another receiver if you send both of them to the same zone open, right? Use Travis Kelsey as a decoy. You send him on an intermediate route, he's going to take two linebackers with him if, if they're playing zone. You can have a one-on-one available, or you're going to have an open soft spot in the zone, right? And, and Patrick Mahomes, really all he needs to do is take a six-step drop back, stay in the pocket and just diagnose the play instead of constantly trying to roll out, get out of the pocket and try and make a play. Just sit back, be calm, be composed, be like Mike White mm. and conduct this offense correctly or properly or in a manner that's watchable. please. Okay. I like, I like that. You know, we got
1: got to go out. That's a fitting end to the episode, but with that being said, Thank you for listening to the 58th episode of Backfield Rift. Be sure to tune in for our next episode, where we'll reveal our our mid-season tier list. Until then, it's been Satvik Trinovas and
0: Arnav Rostogi.
1: Stay safe and take care.